On today's episode of Watch Time, we're going to be talking with Josh Lawhorn again, our resident videographer and video expert. And we're going to be talking about post-production and what the process looks like. Stick around. Welcome back to Watch Time, everyone. We're here with Josh Lawhorn again, our video editor, videographer, video pro. Video expert. Exactly. So he knows a lot about video, and uh, we're going to be picking his brain today on post-production. And for those of you who don't know what that is, that's video editing. So that is where the magic happens. So uh, welcome back, Josh. Thank you. Thank you for having me back. Yeah. So, uh, you know, how, I appreciate your insight on the whole production episode, and I'm sure everybody's excited to learn about post-production. So why don't we, um, why don't we dive in first, and I guess kind of similar to the production um, podcast, why don't we talk about first steps? So we, we basically, we got all the footage from the shoot, and now we've come back to the office, and we've handed all these cards or hard drives off to you. So what's the first thing you do when you start editing? You got to take the footage off of the cards. All right. And usually we're going to put it on an external hard drive, solid state typically. And, and a solid state drive is really good to edit off of because it has no working parts. Mm -hmm. So it has, it accesses the data much faster. All right. So I like to, um, I like to export the footage onto a solid state drive and then I start organizing the footage based on what camera we use. So like say we shot an interview, all right, usually we'll do a two camera, sometimes three camera setup, although that's very rare that we do that. Um, so I'll organize based on wide shot and based on our close up shot. Um, and then I'll take, I'll, I'll take the B roll. I'll organize that in a separate folder. And then if we captured audio, which more often than not, we've captured audio, yeah. I'll put that in a separate folder. I'll create a folder for graphics. Mm -hmm. I will create a folder for exports. I'll create a folder for our editing software. We use Adobe Premiere Pro. Okay. I'm trying to think what else I would. Do you do one for music or? I do one for, I do a separate one for okay. music. Um, and then if we have like thumbnails, I'll do a separate one for that. Okay. And if we do anything in After Effects, like if the job calls for it, I'll yeah. create a separate After Effects folder as well. Okay. Um, what I want to do real quick is I'm going to rewind a second because I just want to like hit on a couple things because you covered a lot. Mm -hmm. And just for people listening, and you it, just if you don't know what some of these terms are, I just kind of want to like help you better understand. So for the solid state, for those of you out there, um, that maybe aren't familiar with that terminology, that is SSD. So if you are a gamer, you probably know what that is. If you're not a gamer, you might not know what that is, but you've probably seen the option when you go to buy your laptop to have an SSD. So we use external SSDs, so that's also solid state, just in case anybody's curious because yeah. they might have heard it a different way. Um, one thing to, that I kind of want to touch on with that is on an average day, you know, let's say we have a full day shoot, we go out for an eight-hour day, let's say we capture... I don't know, three interviews and some B-roll over the course of that day, about how long would you say it takes to transfer those cards over and get everything in their folders? I would say it depends on if we shot in 4K or HD. We well, usually shoot in 4K. 4K yeah. So yeah, our typical 4K shoot, I would say it takes about anywhere from 
it could be a half hour to an hour just to transfer just to transfer the data yeah okay and that's i think that's important for everyone that's listening or watching and the reason i bring that up is because um a good company and i like to think we're a good company um we try we, we try we transfer everything to the solid state drive that we're editing on but we also purchase for our clients that's built into their expense a backup drive and that backup drive is then put into a fire safe box that we have on site and that's where we keep the uh, hard copy of all their footage so once they you know we're done with the project if they request copies of the footage or you know if, if this was just a one-time project we send them that hard drive in the mail so that's where it goes there so now we're talking one hour to put it on the ssd we're talking potentially a half hour or so to get everything transferred over to this drive and then once again being a good company we back everything up a third time to our server. So now we have everything on our server. So we're we're probably looking at, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, somewhere between two to three hours yeah. of time to transfer and back everything up. And so I, the reason I want to bring that up is because I do know, like the reason I wanted to have this episode and really talk with you and pick your brain is there's just a lot of misconceptions, I think, from editing. And I've talked with clients that have had the thought process where, you know, I'll go to edit and they're like, okay, um, so I'll probably see something in like three months, right? And I'm like, whoa, like three months. Like that's, you know, for a small video, I'm like, that's crazy. But then you also get the client that like you shoot everything and then like, okay, so I'll see something tomorrow morning, correct? And you're just yeah. like, you know. <laughs> so I just think that that's why this episode's so important is covering these misconceptions and just helping everybody that's watching or listening to better understand what this process looks like. Because whether you work with us or whether you work with another company or decide you're going to take this task on yourself, it's a good idea to understand what's going on. Because oftentimes, if you're not involved in that process or you've never done it before, you don't fully understand what's going on. You just know that that footage is going somewhere and then something is coming back. So that's why I kind of want to take a second, just kind of clear up a couple of those things as well, just with the with the actual like storage. Because I mean, that's that's a lot of time right there. It's a half day almost. And I think that's where a lot of editors who are just starting out that they kind of fail in their organization that's like a that's a skill that you actually have to you know develop it's good if you do it when you start out because you know you're building that muscle memory and it just makes your editing much more efficient oh that's that's a good point and you know and some of the people you know maybe listening or watching might say Okay, well, you know, organization's great, but is it necessary? And sometimes people I know have that thought process, but I just want to like chime in with my own like point of view on this because, and I'm sure similar for you, is it is necessary because just think about it from a client, like from the perspective of you as being the client, you know, if you have us create a project for you and then a year goes by and you want something pulled from there or something re-edited or, oh, hey, it's time to update this. Can we get that same video, but can you update the end graphics so it's like for this year so we can use it again? If you don't have an editor that's organized that stuff, they're not going to be able to find it. And they're going to say, uh, yeah, that's instead of like being nice where they're like, yeah, that's just going to be a couple hours of editing to make that change. Yeah. They may charge you to re-edit the entire if thing. If they even still have it. That's true. Know? Yeah. And that's, that's a whole other thing. That's a whole other, like, I, I think that you bill it, like, you put it in the contracts that, like, we will keep your footage for so long. Yes. Yeah. And and that's important, too. I mean, there's exceptions to that. So if you're listening, you're watching, you know, if you're going to be doing an ongoing project with somebody, make sure you ask that. Like, how long do you hold this stuff for? And if we want access to it a year from now, is that possible? And, you know, can we make small tweaks and edits like changing our logo and updating it? Or can we, you know, is, is that part of the 
of the process or are we looking at a whole new video? So it's very important to start thinking about that ahead of time. But okay, so now jumping back into this editing conversation, um, you've already offloaded everything. You've created folders. You're labeling everything. So what's your next step after you do that? Next step is to actually create a project file. So the editing software that we use is Adobe Premiere Pro. Okay. It's pretty much the industry standard. I mean, you go, you work in Hollywood or you work for the NFL or like the WWE. I know like I think they're still using Avid mm -hmm. on a lot of those projects, which Avid is just a whole nother beast. It's, I learned it when I was in college, but I'd prefer not to have to work <laughs> in it. Premiere just, it has everything. It's just nice using Premiere Pro. So we are going to take our footage now mm -hmm. and we are going to import it into that project file. So one thing I, I did want to mention, just because you're mentioning Avid and you're mentioning um, Adobe Premiere, mm -hmm. and that's just something I want to kind of make a note for people that are listening, watching. That's something to think about. And I and I don't, not saying this like you need to remember these things, but just know that there are different softwares because mm -hmm. I have had that before and I'm sure you have too where somebody will come to you and say, hey, I have these project files from an editor we worked with a year ago because they sent me the hard drive, which, you know, was a good thing. Mm -hmm. And then you get those files and then they go, well, can you just go in and make these tweaks or use these yeah. files? Well, they may have edited on Avid and we're using Premiere Pro or that, maybe they were on, you know, Final yeah. Cut or something. I'm going through that exact thing right now with a, I'm trying to help um, someone finish up a documentary that's mm -hmm. already pretty much been edited it mm -hmm. just needs you know it needs uh, finishing touches mm -hmm. and it was edited in avid and the organization on the drive what i mean it was decent organization mm -hmm. it just wasn't the josh lawhorn yes yeah, yeah, right? it's so it's i'm i'm having to it it's getting to the point where i might actually have to just recut the whole thing and that's going to take you know, way more time than I had budgeted, budgeted out. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, definitely it happens. It happens where you, you, it's nice that those, like those, the other editing softwares, you can, mm -hmm. you can export an XML file mm -hmm. or, or some type of file and use it mm -hmm. in different editing softwares. It's, it's nice that you can even do that, but yeah. like it's, it's not a one-to-one. -one. Yeah. It doesn't play. 100% nice with the software yeah. that you're going to be taking it into. I think a great way for people listening to think about this is if you've ever used um, Word and then used Google Docs, mm -hmm. or actually even better, I think Excel and then Google Sheets, Yeah, because I use both. And then if you try and take an Excel document and then import it into Google Sheets, like it comes over, but you have to clean it up because yeah. it's not going to work exactly the same. So this is a very similar situation. And the reason I bring that up is this is something to think about because if you take your drive to, you know, another company to have them do work on it or some some other editor, you know, be prepared for, you know, an additional cost. Some people think they, oh, well, I'll bring this old footage that I have because it's going to save me money. Well, it's, you know, it may not save you money because they may have to then go through what you're going through right now, take that extra step, find out it's not going to transfer. We're going to have to recut the whole thing. So we got to go through it as if it was a brand new project. And I've seen that also with clients that want to use stock footage or they want to go shoot their own footage sometimes because like or templates templates yes yeah. templates are temp templates are the worst thing in the world because <laughs> you'll, you'll always have people that want templates and then like it's like yeah it's, it's a template but once you open it up you know because it's going to come as a project file so you download a template a, a motion graphics template 
could be an After Effects file, could be a um, Premiere Pro file, could be a Motion file, but you open it up, and I can't tell you how many times I've opened up an After Effects file, and I want to like eliminate something small. Like They want to put their logo in there, and we want to eliminate the color red that's in the background, and I'm shutting every layer off, and I cannot find mm-hmm. this color, and it gets to the point where you're like, I could have just built this thing. Yep. You know, at this point. So just think about that. You know, when it comes to this stuff, there is no quick fix. Sometimes there is. Like sometimes like I've had clients bring me something and, you know, we'll look at it and we're like, oh, you know, whatever. No big deal. This was this was easy to fix. And we'll tell them like this was easy. We were able to take care of this. No problem. But then there's times when, you know, it's usually the things that the clients think that are easy are the things that are hard. And we're like, oh, like, I don't I don't know if we can do this. <laughs> so um, I just want to make sure we made that distinction because I know that's going to come up. And it's a great thing for everybody to better understand. That way, you know, you are more knowledgeable. You can kind of know, like, if your editor comes back and says, this is going to be hard to use, they're not lying to you. And then it just allows you to be prepared for when you bring that stuff to them, that it mm-hmm. could cost you a little bit more. Yeah. So, okay. So we got all this, uh, we got everything in Premiere Pro now. So where do we go from here? Okay. So we've done all the housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to start actually cutting up our footage. Our typical videos are interview mm-hmm. with B-roll over the top of it, okay? B-roll is, you know, your shots of, like, say you're capturing a machine. Mm-hmm. You know, it's shots of the machine. It's shots of the person using the machine. Your interview mm-hmm. is known, your interview footage is known as A-roll. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start cutting up the A-roll. Okay. First... I'm going to cut all the bits out of either you or Jess or Kathy interviewing mm-hmm. the individual. So the producer's getting cut out. The producer's getting cut out. Okay, so you're just I, going for the answers. Just going for the answers. Okay. That's all I have because, you know, we're cutting up the A-roll. Um, and I'm finding, first I'm just cutting it up, right? Mm-hmm. And then once I have it all cut up, then I'm actually taking out the pieces mm-hmm. of the A-roll that I think sounds best mm-hmm. and will actually drive the video. Okay. Because we want to tell a story. Yeah. If you don't tell a story, you don't tell an interesting story. I mean, within yeah. means. Well, know. and I, I want to make one important distinction here between what we're doing versus what another company might do because this could come up with people that are listening. Um, Josh is a very skilled storyteller. Not all editors, believe it or not, are skilled storytellers because a lot of times, especially on bigger projects, um, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of moving parts and your producer will probably pick out some of the sound bites. If you're a marketing company, you may want to pick out the sound bites because we've had that before where Mm -hmm. the marketing agency goes, we want to pick these out because we know the story we want to tell. So just know like if you're working with a post-production company or even a production company that's handling the whole thing. Um, not everyone's going to be as skilled as Josh where they can go ahead and pick the sound bites. So be prepared for an editor or a producer that may come back to you and yeah. say, we need you to pick out your sound bites. Cause and it I'm, could happen. I'm not like, I'm not going to toot my own horn. You're skilled. You're skilled. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I think I have a, like a knack for it. You know, yeah. I, I've watched enough movies. I've read enough books. I'm still learning, mm-hmm. but I think I do a really good job of actually finding where the story is at. What I try to do is I try to I try to hook the audience. Okay. With that first quote, you yep. know, that's got to be like in my opinion, your first your first quote has to be like the best thing that they say. Like mm-hmm. what what is this video going to encapsulate? Mm-hmm. Right? And then my second quote I usually put at the end. 
Okay. Something something that brings everything home. Gives you, you that know? feeling deep down inside. Exactly. Like, yeah. 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 Um, so and then, you know, obviously I fill the meat and potatoes in between. Okay. Um, so once I have my A roll laid out, mm-hmm. uh, our typical videos are anywhere from two, three, four, five minutes. Yeah. I mean, we've done shorter, we've done longer, but like our bread and butter is somewhere between yeah. two and four minutes for a video. It's about standard. Yeah. So once I do that, I will start um, cutting up the B-roll. Okay. And my B-roll is usually going to correlate with what is being said. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't always, mm-hmm. but usually, you know, if they talk about, I'm trying to think, I just did a video for the music box and they talk about, you know, uh, having musical acts and corporate events. Mm-hmm. So when he's talking about corporate events, I have a corporate event. When yeah. he's talking about a musical act, I have someone on a stage singing mm-hmm. or playing guitar, or playing the piano or whatever. You so know? you're reinforcing those that those verbal cues with visuals. Exactly. Yeah. You know, that's how you tell a good story. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't want to be, you would not want them talking about, you know, how someone's playing the drums and then you have a, pian- uh, a pineapple yeah. on screen. You know, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. So, um, I would say that that whole process right Mm -hmm. there for like a two, three minute video, just that process right there, that takes me somewhere between four and five hours. Okay. Just to, to, just to cut up the, to cut the A roll and the B roll. And we're saying if we have like our typical shoots, we have anywhere from 50 to a hundred shots of B roll. Yeah. And some of those overlap. Are you laying it out at this point, or this is just you going through and picking out the parts you like? Um, I I I might be in some parts. Yeah. In other parts, I might just be saying, "I like that shot. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna put that at the end okay. of the sequence." We didn't talk about sequences, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Well. So a sequence, yeah. a sequence is um, what you is is the part of the editing software that you're actually editing the footage in. Mm-hmm. So, I will I will take the B roll and I will add it to the end of the sequence, right? Mm-hmm. And then at this point, this is where I get my music. I try to find music that I think best relates to the material. How long would you say? I mean, and I know this varies because yeah. music I know is a big thing. Yeah, and music is a very personal thing mm-hmm. for a lot of people too. Um, how long would you say it takes you to pick out a song? Sometimes, I mean, okay. Editors are going to say, oh, you know, it can take days, you know, to find the music. All right. Yeah, it might. It depends on the project, it, it, I guess. It depends on yeah. the project. But um, sometimes I get it on the first try. Yeah. Usually what I'm doing is I'm going to the 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 music library that yeah. we subscribe to, which is Soundstripe. It's a great music library. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you're looking for licensed music, that relates to corporate. Mm-hmm. I mean, just any any environment it has like playlists that you can choose they from. Holiday around the holiday, holiday exactly. Time, stuff yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, yeah. And and some of the stuff that they have is like you know it's actual like I don't know if it's entered public domain or what, yeah. but it like artists will like you know sing like songs that are familiar yeah. to you. So it's it's nice. I'll usually I'll like hey we want this to be high energy. You can pick between the type of the energy of the music. You can. Te- Pick between um, the mood, 
Mm-hmm. You can pick between the genre. Instruments? Instruments. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's it's just, it's really nice. I mean, I feel like, too, you know, people that, I mean, I get it, but, like, people that say that, like, could take two days. Like, I guess it comes down, for my thought, my mind goes to it that it's like, who are you, Martin Scorsese? It takes exactly, you two days yeah. to pick out. Are you, you know, what film what are you song? editing, you know? Just pick, just <laughs> make a decision. But how long, how long would you say, like, on a typical, and I know it varies, but, like, how long could, could it take you, and then versus... How long maybe, what's the shortest time it could take you? Uh, I mean, the shortest time it could take me is, you know, five, 10 minutes. Yeah. But it could take me an hour or two. Because mm-hmm. you're really sorting through. I mean, I know you have the ability in Soundstripe to make playlists. And yeah. I know like sometimes when I've had to do editing work, I've like made playlists where I'm like, okay, this is for this client. And then as I'm going through, I'm like, oh, I like that. And I mm-hmm. drop that in there. Oh, mm-hmm. I like that. And I drop that in there. And then I go back and like, I'll listen to them again because now it's like the second review. Like, do you ever just download them just to try them, too, to see, yeah. like, oh, how, yeah. how they actually sound? Absolutely, yeah. Because you have to see how, like, the the music plays with the interview's voice. Yeah. How, like, is it, you know, is it too slow? Is it too fast? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, music could really make or break a video as well. It could really change the whole dynamic. I think, I think music is magic. I think it absolutely makes or breaks the video. Mm-hmm. And... So I and I and and the way that I pick the music is I don't like I don't listen to the whole song. Yeah. Right. So I the nice thing is you can preview the songs mm-hmm. on on the on the website of your mm-hmm. choice. And like almost I can tell almost immediately mm-hmm. is this song going to is this song telling, you know, is this song connecting to the audience the way mm-hmm. that I think it should. Okay. Yeah. Um, Putting yourself in the audience's shoes. Exactly. Yeah. Is this, is this going to appeal to me? And I mean, I've edited hundreds of videos for Flex Media. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I've edited at least 50 in one project. At least, yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) I would think that like at this point in my life, I've edited close to a thousand videos. Okay. And I've been doing this since 2018 professionally. I mean, I even did it before 2018 amateur, but that was still, that was five or six years. Yeah. So I've done enough videos for Flex that I know Mm -hmm. like, okay, like this is manufacturing. So we're going to want something that's a little bit more rugged, maybe like some country rock music, you know, something like that. We've done renewable energy. That's more, you know, upbeat. Looking towards tomorrow. Looking toward, yeah, inspiring yeah. Yeah. in some way, right? Uh, we've done tech. That's kind of like, you know, that can be anywhere from like your your typical like synth, mm-hmm. you know, synth uh, keyboard style to it can, uh, renewable energy and, and tech can kind of overlap, but the, it's mm-hmm. got a vibe. Um, Public safety. Public safety, that's yeah. like rock music, yeah. you know? Upbeat, like uh, ready yeah. to go. I mean, I wouldn't say upbeat. I would <laughs> high, say high ag- aggressive. Yeah, high yeah. impact. High impact. That's yeah. a good way of putting it, yeah. Knowing who who the audience is helps you better narrow down that selection of music. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So so now let's say, let's just say like, you know, t- maybe took you 20, 30 minutes to mm-hmm. go through this. You found something you like, so you bring it into Premiere Pro. And uh, now that you have this music kind of picked out, what's the next step? In this editing process. Okay, so I have I have the music picked out. I lay it on my track. Mm-hmm. Oh no, the music is too short or it's too long mm-hmm. for the video that we're doing. Mm-hmm. So the great thing about Premiere is 
you can either go in and you can like find the beats mm-hmm. in the timeline in your sequence mm-hmm. and you can like cut it and try to match it and you mm-hmm. might and you might not and then you gotta add like an effect or something like that or it has a uh, a great feature called auto ducking mm-hmm. and what auto ducking is is you you can work in different um what's called workspace environments. Mm -hmm. So like usually you're, when you're editing your footage together, you're working in the editing Mm -hmm. uh, workspace, Mm -hmm. but Premiere has like these um, like templates. One of them is audio. Mm -hmm. So you go into the audio workspace and you can actually set your music Mm -hmm. to be a certain length Mm -hmm. and Premiere will take that music and Mm -hmm. it will set it to that length with or within so you know, plus or minus, it. it's remixing it, yeah. and it does a really good job. Like okay. you can't even tell. Okay, yeah, you can't yeah. even tell most of the time. That's impressive because it used to be you had to take it to audition. Audition, so now it's yeah, inside exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So that's um, simplifying your your workflow a little bit more now. Mm-hmm. One less program you have to go into. One less program. And auditions, their audio uh, program. Just in case you were wondering, auditions basically what you would use for recording or working with music or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, but okay. So now you've, you've remixed this, mm-hmm. kind of got it to the length you needed to get it to. Yep. Now is the time to start really putting everything together or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now where there are those gaps mm-hmm. where the B-roll isn't, you know, where it's just interview footage. Now mm-hmm. I'll start cutting to the beat. Mm-hmm. I'll start laying that footage and essentially forming what is your, your shell like your framework of what the video is. Like it's kind of getting there. It's yeah. not exactly there, but it's kind of getting so, there. So I guess like before, prior to the music, it was like you were laying the foundation. Mm-hmm. And now this is kind of at the point, like if you're making building a house, you're putting the outside walls up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. All right. Okay. So after I have my music, uh, my A-roll, my uh, music, my B-roll mm-hmm. laid, all right, now it's time to start getting in there and adding the finishing touches. Okay. So depending on the project, I might go to fixing the audio or I might go to fixing the color first. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can kind of do those both at the same time, like interchangeably. Yeah. Unless you're taking your footage into like a DaVinci, which is another editing software, but it's primarily for, it's used primarily in the business for like color grading. Okay, so I want to I want to stop you for a quick second because okay. you're mentioning about color grading because I just want to like prep the viewers and listeners on where we're going with this. So, because um, they may not know this, and mm-hmm. and I know like a lot of clients, um, you know, they don't know this until we start explaining it. So we shoot in what's called log, and there are a lot of videographers out there that do shoot in log format. So if you're ever looking at like a, you know, like somebody's preview monitor or if they have a client monitor. If they don't have that adjusted, you might be looking at this video and you've probably seen it where you go, that looks really washed out. Yeah. Like it's very gray. It's flat. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and the reason why you shoot in that, mm-hmm. um, what's called a picture profile, mm-hmm. the reason why you would shoot in that is because it allows for the most, um, the, 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 the largest spectrum mm-hmm. for actually coloring mm-hmm. the video. So if you want to get highly um, specialized, it just it, it, it allows for the largest spectrum for you to color correct. Also, mm-hmm. it offers the what's called the highest dynamic range, mm-hmm. okay, that you're going to get on that respective camera. 
And that's just going to, it's just going to make it so much easier. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's not easy mm -hmm. color grading, color correcting or color grading. Yeah. But if you make a mistake, it's a lot easier to fix. Okay. Essentially. Yeah. And you can just, you can just, you can essentially make any project look exactly how you want it to look. I think a good thing to like maybe reference with this, like for people that are listening and I guess the way I think about it is if, if, you know, if anybody's ever seen a video mm -hmm. and they go, wow, that looked really good. Like, especially the color. Like if you see a video and you really notice like, wow, that looks like the colors it look pops. great. Yeah, yeah. It pops. It reminds you of maybe something you'd see in a movie. Like I would just venture to say that nine times out of 10, um, they probably had shot that in log and they did some grading work. I mean, mm -hmm. there are times like some of these cameras, like you just, you're outside, you have the light, you know, you have the right light for the day. Mm -hmm. The colors on the camera are popping. Cause like, if you don't shoot in that picture profile, if you just shoot in the standard colors of the camera, you can do some adjustments, yeah. but you're limited on the yeah. adjustments you can do. That's the thing about digital. Yeah. It's like when, when we switched from film to digital, mm -hmm. it just, you could you could make green yellow, you know, mm -hmm. whereas you really couldn't do that before. Yeah. So you can make your videos look. Mm -hmm. I, it take it. It takes a very specialized colorist to do that, mm -hmm. and I know that we know some that are yeah. that are very good at doing that. The tweaks are good though. Like that's that's one thing I think that I want the listeners to understand too. Like this shooting in log, I feel like you could do a little more tweaks because mm -hmm. like. You know, we've done that where we've shot videos where we had to shoot ice cream and like the clients were like, is there any way to make that mint chocolate chip a little, a little greener? greener? Yeah, yeah. We could and you could add saturation yeah. to it and that's fine, but that's going to add saturation yeah. to the entire. Yes. Yeah. To the entire shot. Whereas, mm -hmm. you know, if you shoot in log, it's easier to just make that ice cream yeah. greener, you know, so more let's, saturated. Let's talk about, so like with this whole process, diving a little bit in the color, like, because mm -hmm. I know this, there's a lot to cover here, but just a little bit of it. So when you go to transfer, and let's talk about one clip. So just one clip. Yeah. When you go to do, to color grade just one piece of B-roll, like what what's that process even look like? <laughs> I mean, that's such an open-ended question. It's not as simple as clicking a button yeah. and dropping because you might, you know, like some people might hear that like, oh, you could just drop a LUD on this, you know, which is a lookup table, which is a color profile that you drop on that that allows you to like. And it just it. makes it so much easier yeah. to color correct. Yeah. So, so we're adding the LUD, right? Yeah. Um, and then we're making the fine adjustments with the black levels, the white levels, mm -hmm. the shadows, the highlights. Mm -hmm. Are we adding some contrast? Mm -hmm. Um, are we changing colors? Are we doing what's called the day for night? So like on one project that we're working on right now, mm -hmm. we shot all the footage during the day, but, um, and it worked for the first video that we mm -hmm. did for this company, but we're doing a second video that's more like commercial style. And when we started talking about like how this video is going to come together, you know, it made sense that like it would have to be taking place at night. So yes. now I'm having to go in and, really drop my black levels, mm -hmm. really drop my white levels, my drop everything. Yeah. Right. And, and it, it actually like, it kind of looks like night, you know, yeah. it's, yeah, it, it, it's doing the job. Um, skin tone, are my skin tones, you know, mm -hmm. messed up? I could do, I could, you know, adjust, uh, the, I could do like a, a quick color correct where I mm -hmm. just, 
the blue levels and the, uh, the cool levels and the warm levels, the mm -hmm. green and magentas. But like that's going to adjust the whole thing. Yeah. I can also tailor make it to where I just adjust the skin. Yeah. Or any or any I, and I can kind of get it pretty close because mm -hmm. like the skin tones might match the wall that's behind them. And yeah. that will make a subtle adjustment to the wall as well. So it's like it's not just a one size fits all for every mm -hmm. shot, but we can get it pretty close. And I'm having to do that for every shot. Sometimes I can just take the attributes like mm -hmm. I can take that color. Correct the settings it, yeah, that, the settings that, that yeah. I had on that one shot and I can put it on this other shot because okay. it's, you know, it's a similar shot. It was taken almost right after, you know, yeah. and, and sometimes it plays very well. I might have to make a little bit of little adjustments, mm -hmm. but for the most part, I'm having to go in and color correct every single clip individually. Well, I think it's important to note too, like, and, and just like for people listening, you know, it's not. It's not necessarily that the exposure was wrong or the skin tones are yeah, wrong, yeah. but what happens is you're really trying to get like you know if you if you've seen a, a Hollywood movie and you've you've watched something professional, everything across the entire movie matches. Skin mm -hmm. tones match, yeah. colors match, everything matches, and they all look like they belong with each other. Yeah. And the reality of this is like when you're shooting B-roll, even when you light, you're still in different areas, and there's different light coming in from different places because you can't control everything because we're not Hollywood. We can't shut down a business for an entire day. Yeah. I mean, we could, but we're trying not to do that. And we don't have the manpower necessarily unless the budget's there to bring all these people and all these lights in. So we have to kind of do some work on the post-production side to make yeah. this all kind of cohesively go together. Sometimes you just got to get the shot. Like, yeah. And I hate to say it, yeah. but like sometimes we only have three hours, yeah. you know, and we have to shoot uh, an interview, which takes an hour minimum yeah. to set up and then we're interviewing them for a half hour, mm -hmm. sometimes 45 minutes if they really yeah. like to talk. Yeah. And then that only gives us anywhere from 90 to 75 minutes to capture 50 to 100 clips of B-roll because that's mm -hmm. what we need yeah. if we want to fill in that space that on the timeline for a two to three minute video. Yeah. So And, that, and that's the reason why we're trying to make everything match. Yeah. I think another good thing to mention is if you, if you have a lot of interviews, and we saw this last year in a project we did, you have different people that react differently at, to lights and camera. Mm -hmm. Like you have some people that are very pale, and you kind of have to make them seem a little more fuller. Yep. You have some people that start to get a little red because they're in front of the lights, in front of the camera. It yeah, yeah, they, they start nervous. getting like rashes. And yeah. yeah, I mean, and I, and I don't mean to like yeah. call that out, but like it's happened. Sometimes it does. Like, yeah. yeah. And you, you have to make those adjustments in post because- you want you want the people you're interviewing to look their best. You mm -hmm. don't want them to look back at that and be like, ah, oh, I don't I don't like the way I look, you know, yeah. or things like that. Because you know, and we don't. And you, if you don't budget for a makeup person, you can't really take care of that. So like, I think this kind of plays back into that conversation we were having on the production podcast. Which if you haven't listened to that, make sure you go back and check it out because there's a lot of great tips in there too. And we talked about the same thing where there's no. There's only compromises, like you yeah, had said. Yeah. But at the same time, when you make those compromises, you have to make up for it somewhere. Yeah, it's like an opportunity cost thing. Like I learned mm -hmm. in, in uh, when I was in college, I learned in economics. Like mm -hmm. there's opportunity costs. You have to give something up to get something in return. Mm -hmm. Like, are are we going to give up time? Are we going to yeah. give up? You know, like getting like a 100% shot. Yeah, you know, like. You got to give something up. And sometimes there's no getting around it. Like, yeah. like with the like the skin thing, like 
you decide, okay, well, we don't have the time or the budget for a makeup person. Okay, that's fine. But now on our end, when we're trying to figure out how long it's going to take to edit and the cost of that, we have to factor in that extra time to do the color grading because, okay, well, you don't have the makeup person. So now we have to fix these skin tones mm-hmm. in post-production because everybody's going to be different and you're going to put them on the same background and you're going to be able to tell like, that person's a lot paler than that person. That person got kind of flushed in their face and red. Or because, shiny skin, you know. Yeah, because yeah. they, they get nervous or they get sweaty or they get mm-hmm. – because it's just human reaction. Everybody reacts differently in front of the yeah. camera. People often ask us before we shoot, like, make sure you put on the glamour effect or, you yeah. know, something like that because they're, you know, they want to look their best. Yeah. Like you said. Everybody wants to have their best representation mm-hmm. of themselves on camera. And, okay, so I guess – Moving from here, so yeah. now we, we've gone through this, like, um, color correction uh, portion. So now we have to do some audio work. Yeah, we have to do some audio. So, like, mm-hmm. we try to get the audio. We try to do everything as best as possible. Which we also when, talked about in the last episode Yeah, as well. exactly, yeah. We, we mm-hmm. always try to do that. So we try to get our audio, like, pretty much, like, 80 90% the mm-hmm. way there. And you cannot skimp on audio. Yeah. We, we talked about that in the last podcast. So I'll just, you know... We're all, we're always you know we're always working in rooms where we can't necessarily you know turn the heat turn the heat mm-hmm. off or turn the fan you know the fans off, so I'll add like a denoising, mm-hmm. and I'm doing this for so like in the editing software in your sequence you have different tracks, mm-hmm. so the really cool thing about Premiere is it has the audio track mixer, mm-hmm. and so like if I add an effect to this one track, it will only add it to this track. Yeah. So I'll set my A-roll audio for track one. I'll mm-hmm. set my um, music on track two. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll set my sound, if I'm adding sound effects, I'll set that on track three. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll have specific tracks set up for specific mm-hmm. lines of not just um audio but also mm-hmm. video like the video track one i'll have the a roll video mm-hmm. track two i have the b roll you know yeah um so it's it's really nice and that's you should also organize your projects your sequences mm-hmm. in a manner that relates to what what you're working on yeah um so in the audio track mixer i'll usually i have like my tried and true effects that i stick to i stick to a uh, a denoise mm-hmm. I stick to a parametric equalizer, mm-hmm. um, and that's going to kind of control. It's not going to control the level of the vocals, but it's just going to make them. It's going to give them a little bit more bass. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be as flat. Okay. And then I will also add a limiter, a hard limiter, mm-hmm. and that is if I either like maybe maybe the person you know they peaked they were a little too loud yeah at a certain point that will yeah, bring too the, excited. Yeah, exactly that'll bring their audio levels down and mm-hmm. usually you want to stay somewhere between negative six mm-hmm. and negative 12 negative 18 for for vocals okay so and i can set it to where like it will never go above negative six mm-hmm. all right um and then like if if the audio like if the audio is like really bad then mm-hmm. i'll have to go and and i'll have to adjust the audio individually with keyframes and mm-hmm. keyframes are adjustments you can make them on both video and you can make mm-hmm. them on on audio but um they're they're like uh 
it's like fine tuning. It's like, okay, I want to bring this part of the audio up to this level. I want to bring this part mm -hmm. of the audio down to this level and I can kind of make adjustments and it's kind of it like the way that you see them mm -hmm. in your sequence is like it might be like in triangles or like yeah. it, think of like a, a like a heartbeat. Yeah. It'll kind of look like that, you yeah. know. Um that's a little bit more specialized, yeah. but sometimes we have to do it. So you're talking so for everyone listening keyframes really what you're doing is you're going frame by frame and adjusting yeah. the audio or Keyframes work for video too. Yeah, video. You're yeah. adjusting these keyframes frame by frame. So mm -hmm. if you got 24 frames per second, if you're shooting more cinematic, or 30 if you're shooting for broadcast, you're talking about going through 30 frames every second and adjusting mm -hmm. the audio to do what you need it to do. Exactly. Because maybe there was a sound that happened in the background. You might need to just adjust that mm -hmm. for that portion. And then maybe you need to like lift them up because maybe there was some issue where, you know, they needed to be just a little louder. Yeah. You know, just for that portion, because yeah. maybe they just briefly moved away from the microphone, like maybe the boom was overhead and they, they turned for a second or they yeah. were getting sometimes, you know, people do that thing where they get in the chair and they start to like readjust yeah. and start talking. And you're like, whoa, 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 hold on. You know, but sometimes, you know, you have a whole production, you interview a lot of interviews, you can miss that. That's something that somebody could producer could miss. Exactly. So you're fixing that. Yeah. OK. Fixing so, all of that. So now you've fixed all this audio. You know, you've. So just to recap. You've brought the footage in, you've laid out, well, you've laid out the folders first, mm -hmm. transferred the footage, laid out the folders, brought the footage into Premiere, you've cut up the A-roll, you've cut up the B-roll, you've picked out the music, you started assembling the A-roll and the B-roll to tell the story, then you're going back through, you're doing all of your color correction and all of your, making sure your footage is, looks, matches and looks correct. Mm -hmm. Now you're going back through and fine-tuning all your audio. So is that the end of the rough cut or is there more? No. Okay. So... Now we have to start adding the graphics mm -hmm. and the lower thirds. Okay, so and like I, the name lower thirds. Exactly, okay. yeah. So name, mm -hmm. title, what company they work for. Yep. Motion so graphics? Motion, sometimes motion graphics. Okay. Sometimes, you know, we're adding in animations. Okay. You know? yeah. It just depends on what, what, what the client wanted with the video. Yeah. Um. But usually, uh, like in the beginning, like I'll throw up the company's logo. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, we have like a call to action. Mm -hmm. So like visit this website, call this phone number. Uh, we're on social media, you know. Yeah. And I'll have to, sometimes I'll have to create those graphics in Photoshop. It just depends on how intense mm -hmm. it is, you know. Yeah. And then once we have all of those um all those steps completed, mm -hmm. that's our rough cut. That's our first cut. Mm -hmm. And then we usually send that off to the client. Mm -hmm. Or you, actually, the first thing is you look at it. Yeah. Kathy looks at it. Yep. They, you guys say, hey. Internal review. Exactly. Maybe we change this. Maybe we change mm -hmm. that. And then I'll go and I'll make the adjustments. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean, it's still a rough cut because yeah. it was internal. Yeah. But, you know, then... I try to name everything different, you know, version two, version three, version four, yeah. because we want to keep a nice timeline Yes. of, you know, what the project looked like when we first, mm -hmm. when we first finished it, you know, when we got the rough cut and then like, we want to show a nice progression. Well, and you also want to keep the sequences. So you have like version two sequence, yeah. version three, because more often than not, you'll get somebody that like, they're like, well, can we make this change? And you make these changes and then. 
they end up going like, you know what? I like that actually better. Can we yeah. go back to that? Yeah. So, I mean, because people don't really know until they see it sometimes. Exactly. But, okay, so we've done, so now we've done the internal review. You've made our changes. Now mm-hmm. this rough cut goes out to the client. Yeah. So, I mean, on average, just from the, like, I guess, transferring the footage to you making our changes so we can give the client their first version about how long would you say you've put into something like that? For um, like a two to two to three, minute. yeah. Sh- shooting, including shooting. No, just the editing time. Just the editing time. Um, and not a reoccurring project because that does save time when you have a bunch yeah. of projects because you kind of know the formula. So this is like a new. Okay, I would say anywhere between, and I'm just like spitballing fifteen to twenty hours. Okay, so that's and that's just from us. Getting it to us for internal review. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. So well, okay. I'm sorry. No, I should. I, I should say 15 to 20 hours to like, com- like I would say completion. So let's say 15 hours. Okay. Because I would say like once we send it to them, more often than not, mm-hmm. like they don't have that many changes. They might have one, two, you know, yeah. sometimes ten changes. But like some of the changes are like really simple. And this is more for like, so we're talking, and I do want to specify, and the reason I want to like make it very specific with this is because I don't want our listeners or our viewers to be like, okay, cool, that's how long that took like yeah. for all these projects. But we're they talking. They should have it to me in, you know, three, four days. Business yeah. days. Yeah. 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 So like we're talking more about, um, what we're talking more about here is how many, like this would be on average, like if we're doing an interview, maybe two interviews and getting B-roll. I would say our typical overview video okay. is what we usually call it. So them. like a couple interviews, some B-roll, maybe it was a half day to a full day shoot. Yeah. And that would take you about 15 to 20 hours to get kind of laid out and then we yeah. get that to the client. Yeah, 15 hours. 15 let's hours. just Let's just stick okay. to, yeah, 15 hours for like 12 to 15 hours for the rough cut. Okay. Yeah. So, and then, okay, so... I guess the reason why that's very important for everyone that's listening is, you know, keeping that in mind. So figuring like that's the process, but also keeping in mind that there are other projects that are also going on at the same time. And what I'm trying to get to with this is I really want to like dispel this belief on two things. I want to dispel the belief that it takes three to four months to put one of these together because it does not. It does not. But I also want to dispel the belief that it can be done in a couple of days Mm -hmm. because that isn't the case either. No. A lot of times when you go to start this project, I'm sure we'll go through and we'll get done shooting and you want to probably jump on a project, but you still have other projects that you're mm-hmm. finishing up before you can even jump into this one. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're, how many projects are we working on right now? It's like, I don't even know off the top of my, at least five or six. Five or six. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, yeah. On yeah. Aver- I'd say on average, I'd say our our average workload is probably any given time. I always tell people we're working on anywhere from eight to 12 projects yeah. at any given time. And, yeah. And we're a production company of three people. Exactly. You know, yeah. when you really think three, about it. Three people that are like, you know, employees. Yeah. I mean, we have our contractors yeah. and our freelancers. But And yeah. of those three people, one is is immersed in pre-production and production, and the other one's immersed in production and post-production. Yeah. So yeah. really it's two because my mm-hmm. job, I flex between the different roles, between pre and pre-production, production, and post-production, but mm-hmm. primarily trying to work on client relations, sales, marketing, things exactly, like that. So, yeah. so yeah, so that's, that's a lot of, you know, that's a lot of work going on to be able to get to that, that 15 hour, pro, mm-hmm. you know, 15 hours worth of work. So, okay, that that's cool. So I, hopefully that I'm hoping that that kind of helped some of the people that are listening. Cause I just feel like this process and we're trying to get better at this too, 
Um, and I, I highly encourage like other, if, if you are a video production company or marketing company that's watching us, that you try to get better at this too. Um, we want to start creating some content that we can put on our website that explains this process or we can send out to the client just because if nobody really knows what's going on, I feel like, you know, you always think the worst, you know, I, if I need to go have my car worked on and it's at the body shop for two weeks, I'm just assuming like, oh, these guys just put it in the back and they're just like waiting, you know, yeah. to, like waiting around. No news is bad news. Yeah. So like that, that's the thing. Like you're, you're starting to like imagine like, what are these guys even doing to my car? What could take mm -hmm. this long? And maybe they're waiting on a part. Maybe, you know, they have six cars in front of me and I don't even know that, you know, and they're just trying, they think they're getting it done in a timely manner. And I'm sitting here like, man, what's taking so long? So I highly encourage communication Get that info out there. That's what this whole podcast has been about is like letting people that are listening and watching better understand like this is the post-production process. This is, you know, uh, a two to three minute video with two interviews and some B-roll. And this is what we're looking at just to get that kind of rough cut into you for your first review. So this has been cool. This is I appreciate you coming on and talking about this. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to mention, I didn't get a chance to do this with you last time for the production one, but... I know you have your Instagram. I don't know if you want to like put that out there and let people follow you and see some of the work that you. Oh, yeah, doing. I mean, I don't really have too much on it, but yeah, if you want to follow me and kind of, I guess, live my journey with <laughs> me, uh, my Instagram is at the Josh Lawhorn. Yeah, so oh. if you're listening, go and give Josh a a follow. And I mean, you post stuff. There's stuff that you're out doing, whether it be freelance or whether you be doing stuff with us, you'll post yeah. behind the scenes. Usually stories, usually on my stories. Yeah. yeah. But you post some cool like photos and stuff like that too, that you see, you can see the world through Josh's eyes. Yeah. So, um, very skewed world, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on and, uh, thank you thank everybody you. for, you know, listening and participating. And if you have any questions about anything that we talked about today, or even if you have an idea for an upcoming podcast, please feel free to reach out to us. You know, if you go to flexmediacle.com, just you can send us a message or, you know, comment on our post for the podcast. So thanks everyone. And uh, we'll see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to Watch Time. We hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And remember to like and subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And if you want your question answered on our podcast, go to flexmediacle.com backslash watch time.